So thank you guys for coming. We got some fun stuff that we're going to get into today. Hopefully uh, teach you some new tools. Maybe show you a little bit more about something you've already heard of. Um, and give you a chance to also play around with a few tools as well. So once again, you'll see those, uh, those links up at the top right of the first few slides. Uh, you don't have to go on anything if you just want to sit there. Um, but if you need the Wi-Fi, October, star, CEAIM. If you want to pull up the slide back, it's going to give you some quick links as um, you'll have some opportunities to jump into some of these tools and we'll kind of see how they work together. Um, so here we go. Um, our agenda today, I apologize if you... Uh, I realized last night that the agenda on the online version, some of the tools differed. I forgot that I had written that like a year and a half ago. Um, so anyways, this is the list. We're stuck with it now. So we're going to go here. Um, some of them we'll spend a little bit longer with. Some will just kind of maybe remind you that they exist and that there's some good tools. Um, everything is linked in this slide deck. So again, if you pull it up, um, if you don't have a device here, it is under handouts. If you go to the CEA webpage and click on handouts, you'll see the, the slide presentation here. Um, and we'll go from there. So I got one task for you as we get started here. Again, if you have a device that works on a, a phone as well, is to head to minty.com. You can either click the link or you can type it in. Phone, tablet, computer. Uh, it's going to ask me for an eight-digit code, which is 3170-1087. We'll keep that on there. And uh, I want to ask you if you hear, when you hear this word like ed tech or tech tools, right? What are some words that pop into your mind? Okay. We'll try to like at least make them PG-13-ish, okay, for some of you. Um, right, we've got to have a positive spin. It's, it's Friday. Um, so you can add up to four words. If you're really just like filling over with words, you can submit it and enter four more words. Right? You don't have to enter four. You can just enter one. Um, we'll toggle over to those results in a second and see what you came up with. Um, while you're doing that, i got one favor to ask you. So my son is a freshman here, and he's taking speech class. And uh, I actually wanted to take a picture of us together if we could. He's, he's like really kind of questioning this whole speech and composition thing. He did a speech the other day and he said, Dad, I, I had it all planned out and my, arm, my hand was shaking so much. Uh, hopefully, if any of you know him, don't tell him that I'm telling him. Uh, he couldn't like follow his points because his paper was shaking so much, right? And I told him, you know, everyone gets nervous on this kind of thing, right? It, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. So he was really interested in like what I was putting together over here and like how many people were showing up and was asking about yesterday and things like that. So I just wanted to take a picture. Is that okay? Yeah. If you don't want your picture, just duck and cover a second, okay? All right. Um, oh man, it's hard to get you up. Okay, everyone say cheese. Cheese. All right, sweet, thank you. All right, so minty.com. Uh, it's a cool little starter tool, by the way, if you haven't used Minty. It's kind of like the tech tool that's not on the tech list right now. Um, lots of different ways to uh, report results. This one's going to hopefully go into a word cloud here. Um, you can also do open-ended questions. That kind of scrolls through um, lots of different ways. Could be a little nice little starter. You can post an image, um, ask the kids to comment on what they see in there. Um, one of the coolest activities I had, I think it was by Rushton Hurley, if you ever heard that name. Um, he would put like a super random picture on the board each day using Minty and ask the kids to say they had to make some sort of connection between that picture and what the class was about the previous day. And the picture had nothing to do with the class from the previous day, so they had to be like really creative. The one that I saw was a whole bunch of, um, I forget, I think it's out in Texas where like someone buried a whole bunch of Lincoln like painted cars. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know what Cadillac it's called. Ranch. The what is it? It's called Cadillac Ranch. Cadillac Ranch. There you go, Cadillacs. And... Um, 
You know, they're like buried kind of like vertically in the soil, you know. And so we kind of talk about, well, the day before we had done this biology lab with kind of sucking DNA through these little pores, right? And the space between the cars reminded them of these pores that their DNA traveled through and stuff. But just making those connections. All right, so we've got a lot of words on there. Um, obviously, the bigger words are the ones that are uh, being used a little bit more. Um, so we've got things from useful and fun to overwhelming. Um, we've got a lot of different... Um, um, some actual tools, Googles and Seesaws and, and things like that. Engagement, screen time. Um, good. I'm going to take a picture of that, and uh, it'll be in our presentation at the end as well. Um, so lots of different words. Sometimes they're scary, right? Sometimes they're overwhelming. Sometimes uh, there can be a lot of fun with it, right? Sometimes it takes some front-loading, um, and then sometimes right, it saves us some time in the end. All right. So, let's keep moving on here. We'll come back to that. So, before we get into a couple tools, I just want to quickly bore you with a couple tech framework things, first of all. It's always good to think about why are we actually using the technology, right? What, what's the goal of it? Um, I think sometimes it's really easy to just kind of do it because you heard someone else talk about it or because it seems kind of cool or you feel like you should put something techy into your lesson. Um, but we always want to have a solid way um, to think about technology, right? What, what's the goal of it? And so there's a couple different frameworks that are out there. Um, the Triple E framework is by Liz Kolb um, through the University of Michigan. Um, the nice thing about this Triple E framework, this idea is using technology to engage your students, right? Um, using it to enhance their learning experience, taking it further than it would go without that piece of technology. And also thinking about how can you extend it? How can we make this a little bit more real world, right? How can we uh, make it more authentic to their learning? Um, the nice thing, I feel like the triple E framework is pretty straightforward when we kind of look at these bullet points and there's actually a, a nice rubric that they publish that goes along with it. It's linked underneath in the slide notes on this presentation. Um, but a really concrete way to kind of assess, okay, if you have this piece of technology, let's answer a couple questions about it and find is it, is it really doing one of these things to your lesson? Because if it's not, it might just be more of a distraction, right? It might just take extra time to get the kid on the tool, uh, the, you know, troubleshooting the tech. And then in the end, you could have done this thing with a piece of paper and half the time and half the frustrations, right? Um, so we always want to keep that kind of thing in mind. So a nice tech, a nice uh, framework there. Um, you might have also heard of a couple other frameworks. Um, TPAC comes out of Michigan State. Um, it stands for uh, basically three different um, knowledge levels. You have your um, technological knowledge. You've got your content knowledge, right, which is what we are as teachers of our various content, right? We're experts in that knowledge. Um, our pedagogy, right? How are we going to teach? And so the idea is to try to find that sweet spot between knowing what we teach, knowing how we're, it's the best way to teach it, and then knowing the technology that's going to help us to establish those things, right? Um, and then the SAMR method, the idea of everyone, all teachers are in a different area, right? In terms of um, what their feelings are with tech, their comfort level with tech. And so thinking about it's not always, you don't always have to compare yourself with someone else. Oh, that this teacher is doing all of this and I'm only doing this, right? I like the SAMR model because it allows you to kind of pick a point and say, okay, my goal is just to kind of do this one step, right? So substitution, right? You're using it as a direct substitute. Um, so some would argue that maybe a Google Doc could be a substitute of having them type on a Word doc, right? Other people might say it actually does have some more built-in layers to that. Um, but sometimes substitution is good enough, right? There's nothing wrong with substitution. But once you kind of get more familiar with that, 
then maybe you start to say, okay, well, instead of just substituting, right, I'm going to start to modify, right, where you, you start to kind of attack that, that assignment from a different level and say, okay, what, what can they do to expand beyond what just this piece of paper might allow them to do? So just kind of another way to think of it. Um, but we'd always encourage you to grow, right? Um, whatever that takes to grow, to not compare, but to say, okay, I'm just going to take this one step forward and see where it leads. And then once I'm competent in that one step, let's take another step forward and find out where we end up. Um, so, again, those are also linked if you want to learn anything more about, um, about those frameworks. All right, so now we jump into the fun part of our tech. So I tried to break this up a little bit into a few different categories. Um, so we're going to talk about sharing some content first, like how do you, what are some tools to actually put the content out there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about formative assessments um, and what are some good tools for that. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of teacher workflow as well. How can we maybe make your lives a little bit more organized, a little bit easier as well. So first tool is CK12. How many of you are familiar with CK12? A couple out there. Um, so CK12 is a really cool program um, coming out of California where it allows you to create what they call flexbooks. And so really, this is, um, well, you can see the different subjects here. Um, so they got grades one through five, six, seven, eight, algebra, geometry, algebra two. Um, you've got lots of different science. They definitely are heavy on the science and math. So if you're a science and math teacher, um, there's extra stuff there. But you can see some social studies things and some others. Um, basically, they're, they're textbooks that have been designed by the state of California. They are absolutely free. And the best part about them is you can customize them however you want. So if you pull up a textbook, and I'll show you a couple examples in a minute, you show up a, pull up a textbook, you can look at their chapters, and then if you want to break down the chapter, it'll break it down into about 20 different sections. And if you want to weed out some of that stuff, right, as you go through and you say, well, we're never going to talk about this stuff, all you do is delete it from your textbook, right? And so you can customize it fully to say, hey, this is the curriculum, right? If, uh, if any of you are familiar with, like, Campbell Biology, like some AP bio programs use it, some colleges use it. It's literally this thick, right? But are you really expecting the student to, to get through all of that, right? So let's weed out the things that they don't have. Not to mention the fact that it's free, right? It's digital, so it works on all their different devices. Um, you can download it um, as well. They're also now rolling into Flexbook 2.0s, which have interactive components in it. Again, it's a little bit more on the science and math right now. Um, but they have things like adaptive practices here, um, where they have all these question sets. I went through some biology ones yesterday, and they were, they were pretty good. And it's adaptive, so if they're answering things right, they're getting slightly harder questions, and it allows them to kind of repeat and keep pulling and, and tells them right and wrong and what they're doing wrong, um, which is pretty cool. There's some study guides. Um, they even have this teacher assistant now that um, it actually analyzes the students' performance patterns and re recommends different sources for them to practice based on what they're getting right or wrong. Um, and maybe best yet, it actually runs through a lot of the LMSs, the learning management systems that you guys might use, um, such as Google Classroom, Canvas, Schoology. Um, so it's a pretty powerful tool, all being there for free. I just want to jump over there real quick and kind of show you. So it's just ck12.org. Again, I have it linked in there. That one's a little bit more on the manager. Um, but even if you just kind of click into Explore, right, you can play around with these different uh, adaptive practices and uh, just kind of even see what's there. You don't have to use the textbook to use the adaptive practices, um, but there are a lot of topics, right, a lot of subjects and a lot of topics in there as well. Um, as far as creating your own textbook, 
I started to do one yesterday, so we'll see if it's still there. I just chose a biology one to see what this was going to kind of look like. And when you open up that book, you'll see all of these different um, right, lessons within the, within the chapter. Um, but if you go into editing mode, you can just click on those and basically just X them out. Say, no, I don't want that topic, I don't want that topic. Um, and so, again, a great idea if you're thinking, you know what, we have this old textbook and we kind of need to maybe update it. Um, maybe going a free version would be more helpful. If you're saying we, we have this textbook, but it's cumbersome and the kids don't want to take it home, it's outdated, we only use 40 pages of the whole thing, right? So it's just as simple as going to those different sections and Xing it out. So that is CK12. Um, it's also, even if you do have a textbook, it's also a really nice standalone because sometimes you just maybe want to link them to a quick resource, right? And so you could link them directly into one of those little lessons um, inside one of those textbooks. ZK12. Um, Edpuzzle. Edpuzzle is becoming more and more popular these days. Um, how many of you use Edpuzzle? Okay. Um, I tried to bait you forward. I, there's some stickers on these earlier chairs, um, but they kind of ran out about where most of you. So if you really want an Edpuzzle sticker because it's going to make your weekend, um, there are some up here. Um, we also have a prize in a few minutes. Um, this beautiful bag that's hanging here, hanging here. Uh, one of you lucky people might walk away with that, uh, that nice bag. Very, very nice canvasy fabric. Um, so with Edpuzzle, a really nice tool to share content. If you've ever been in that um, area where you're like, okay, I want you guys to watch this, this video for tomorrow. It, here's the YouTube link. Um, and then in the, your heart of hearts, you know that maybe that, like, that one kid who just wants to please you, they're the ones that watched it, right? And no one else did, right? Did you watch that? Oh, yeah, of course I watched it, right? There, there was no way to, to track it very easy. And so one nice thing that Edpuzzle does is it allows you to actually track, not only did they watch the video, but did they actually watch the whole video, right? It'll track what percent they watched. It, you can have a setting that it won't let you skip or fast forward or move faster through it. They have to watch the whole thing. You can embed questions, multiple choice, which is what I prefer because then it grades it for you. Um, but you can do open-ended ones and come back and do that. You can add notes to it. So, for example, if they say something in the video, you really want the video to stop there and pause, and you want to say, hey, remember how we talked about this example in class the other day? Right? You can interject that both with a note or with a, a voice recording. Um, so very flexible on kind of holding your students responsible to actually get this content, and you can very easily see it. Again, integrates very nicely with different learning management systems. Um, there are free version and paid versions, which I should say that all of these tools today are free. There's, most of them also have a paid option if you just want more bells and whistles and things like that. Um, that's how they make their money. Um, and at Puzzle, you get 20 free videos, um, which for a lot of people is enough if you're kind of like, okay, every so often I really want them to show this video, or you know, once every other week kind of thing, 20 might work. Um, if you actually can get your coworkers to sign up, if you start an Edpuzzle account and share like a link kind of like that at the bottom, your personal link to them and they sign up through that link, you get three extras, they get three extras, right? So you can always kind of play the system a little bit. Uh, just send out a staff email and say, hey, I need you to all sign up for this Edpuzzle thing. Even if you don't want it, don't worry about it. And then um, you kind of boost your thing. And actually, I, I touched base with them once and that's what they told me to do. So I'm not trying to like, be dishonest here. Um, of course, you can get paid versions and you get um, school subscriptions and things like that. Um, very powerful tool there. Um, so Edpuzzle, nice way to give that information. 
Um, oh, one other thing on AdPuzzle. There's a lot of AdPuzzles out there already. If you show a video off of YouTube that you didn't create, someone else created, it's just a good video, odds are there's many, many other people that have already taken that video, put questions to it on AdPuzzle, and all you have to do is just basically take it. If you want to edit it, you can. Again, small steps, right? Find it, use it, see how it works, see what questions maybe you didn't like, modify those questions for the next year. Right? Don't try to do everything at once. Jackie? This is an idea that I got from my uh, So remember, we're talking about how to get content in front of students, right? Um, Pear Deck users out there? Okay, a few less? Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, how many people were in the formative assessment one yesterday? I don't want to... Okay. I apologize to you. No. Um, okay. There's a, a couple duplicates here. So Pear Deck is an amazing tool that basically takes the presentations that you may already be doing through either Google um, or through PowerPoint and it allows you to just easily put questions in the middle of it. So what I like most about it is most of us have, you know, kind of like this where I'm on Google Slides right now, right? I already created it. I'm not creating something new for Pear Deck. All I'm doing is inserting a couple questions in it. And so you can do the free version allows you to add. Um, so basically you have, you know, you're going through your PowerPoint. Now let's say you want to just, you want to just check their understanding, right? Okay. So on this past slide, I just said this. So I just say, hey, uh, what's one of the three things that, Right, and they could type their answer. Or you could turn it into a multiple choice, right? Which of the following things does this not do that we just talked about? Um, we'll show you the number one. The website one I actually haven't used yet. I just discovered this the other day, but um, I believe it actually will link them over to a website. Anyone ever use this one? And it will actually kind of push that website onto their computer, but you're still controlling it through Pear Deck, so you can kind of shut it back down again instead of them getting lost in their internet world, right? Um, and also just the free versions. There's a couple others. If you pay for it, there's a nice drawing tool um, and a drag and drop tool. And again, this is what Pear Deck told me once. They have different examples and like practice ones that you can see. And if you actually edit their questions, their drag and drops, you can drag it into your own presentation and change it to your own question. And then you have access to those types of questions even though it's not technically free. Um, so lots of cool things that you can do with that. They have a lot of help videos there as well. I do want to take a second and just show you what this looks like. Um, so if you have a device, you are going to go to joinpd.com. You'll see that in a second. If you want to watch how easy this is, so I really would have done this at the start of the presentation or the start of class if I was doing a real ad puzzle. Um, but it's just, I'm doing it through Google Slides. It's just in my add-ons. So at one point I went to get add-ons um, and then I found Pear Deck for Google Slides. So now I just go to my add-ons and I say, hey, let's open this Pear Deck. I'm still just in my same slide. And then the other day when I was putting this all together, this is what I did. I just said, okay, let me go to my next slide. And I typed this on my next slide. I could use Pear Deck in my classroom too. All right, that's all I put on this slide. I just duplicated the slide, typed I can do it. In a minute, you'll see when we run this, You'll get that question, but you'll see the question on the screen, but on your computer, you'll have a chance to just type in a, a, a box on what that was, right? For the next one, I said, uh, it's going to be a little multiple choice question. The free version integrates easily with, I gave three options, right? So I typed that in my slide, and then Pear Deck gave me the opportunity to say what A, B, and C were, 
Okay. So it probably took about three minutes to add these three questions to this presentation. Okay. So let's show you what this looks like. I'm going to start my lesson. It's going to start me way back at the end, but I'll, I'll jump back and forward. So at this point, it's going to tell your students to go to joinpd.com. And it's going to give you a random six-letter join code here in a second, hopefully. And then once we get it run, you'll have a chance to actually answer those questions quickly. I think you guys stole all the internet from me, so maybe that's what's going on. Okay, so again, joinpd.com. And then you're going to do T-N-O-C-C-L, Troubling Ninjas Openly Conduct Confused Lemons. <laughs> you can see how many students are connecting over there on the right-hand side. We have 26 of you, 28, 29. Um, again, you just don't want to stand here forever waiting for the students to join, so it does continue to show the code once I get things rolling here. Um, I am going to start, but again, you'll continue to see this code up in the corner. Um, so basically what it does now is now it's running my slide deck through Pear Deck, right? And so I'm going to jump to where we just left off. Where are we? There we go. Okay. So here's where we left off a minute ago um, as we're presenting. So I get to my first question, right? We want to see how well you guys have been paying attention to me. And so when I advance to my next slide... There we go. I could use Pear Deck in my classroom too, and hopefully on your device, you got a box that popped up that allows you to type into it, right? Um, and on the presenter view, if I want to, I can do show responses down here, which I'll do in a second. We can see we've got 32 responses coming in so far. If I'm sick of letting you guys respond, right, I can lock things down. Uh, if all of a sudden I thought of a new question and I didn't put it in my presentation, there's right over on this right-hand side, there's a new prompt, so I could quickly on the fly do that. Um, and so for this one, right, I can just kind of scroll through and start to see what my students are saying. Um, okay? Now, again, you always got to kind of think about uh, how much you want to show in front of your, your students there. Um, so I can hide responses again, and I can say, okay, um, maybe I wanted a multiple choice question instead, right? So now I just clicked over to my next slide. The free version of Pear Deck easily integrates with, right, I have a very hard multiple choice question for you. We've got 35 of you. If you show your responses too quick, all of a sudden you see like the one going down and the next one going up because students quick change their answer, which I think you can also, you can also prevent that, right? Yeah. Nice job, Google people, right? Uh-oh. Um, so again, just a really quick way to kind of keep the students engaged, right? Um, you do, you, you can get a report and kind of save the, save the data at the end. I think it's probably quickest for on the fly, like, hey, did my class as a whole pick up this concept or not? Um, and then finally, this one probably has a little bit um, less value, maybe, in my opinion, but I just wanted to give you a chance of, to what it, uh, what it shows. So on a scale of 1 to 100, I get Pear Deck A. And already, we have someone that went over 100. Okay, they, they changed it. Um, so, again, you could do maybe like an understanding thing, right? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at on today's lesson? And then you can kind of see where, where their dots were going. Okay? You always get that person. Yeah, whoever you are, 800. I see you. Uh, and then everyone has to up themselves, right? So 374. The last time I did this yesterday, we got to E to the, like the 14th or something, which I don't even know what that means. So. Is there a way for you as the instructor to know who's the wing wing? 
Um, we'll have to look to see when I get the report, but I think sometimes here's where the paid version starts to, to give you more data. Okay. And I think the other thing is I didn't force anyone to like log in or any of those kind of things and, and kind of some of these programs too you've got to kind of manage the students and tell them like look when we do these things you have to put your real name and, and things like that not Jojo the monkey or something. Alright. So anyways we got to keep things rolling. When you're done with your presentation then you could save it. I'll, I'll just save it and call it CEA. Um, and uh, that way I can go back and see what that, what that data is looking like. Um, again, I think it's a little bit more, um, a little bit stronger on the whole, on the fly, get a general sense maybe, than it, um, some of those other programs. It also doesn't work with shared, if you're doing a shared That is a very good point, yes. Um, I can't remember if I put that on there, I think. Okay, yeah, you can't run it through the shared drive. That's probably the biggest thing that um, I find was kind of irritating with Pear Deck is for those of you using shared drive in Google, that you can't run it through the shared drive. So I had to make, I basically made a copy of my, my presentation, just dragged it into my drive instead, and then you can load it. Um, the only way to have it be on the shared drive at this point to actually run it, I believe, is to have, to have the paid version. Your school has to have a paid version for it, and then it runs through your team drives or your shared drives. Um, but I also found that it, it does work, but it is a little bit of a hassle for that. Thank you for that. All right, so moving on. So that was Pear Deck. Um, just a quick one here, ThingLink. It's um, less content-based, I think, than what we just saw. Like, I wouldn't want to maybe teach like a whole class using ThingLink, but it's a cool little source that allows you to, for example, share an image and then have all these different kind of modalities to, to teach the students about it. It's also kind of a cool creation tool to have the students create a ThingLink. I'll show you an example in a minute, but you can do... Um, videos, you can do like slide decks, um, Google Slides, you can do images, you can record audio, you can um, bump them over onto websites. Um, again, there's a free version and a paid version. I'll show you quickly what, um, what this might look like here. This was more just kind of a test run, so don't judge my quality too much. Um, but here is, um, so if I click on this one, this one just says, Planet X is a hypothetical planet that may or may not exist. Um, if I click read more, it takes me over to an article about this, uh, this Planet X. Um, this one will actually have a little video recording. I'm not sure it's going to play it over this system or not. Planet X is a hypothetical planet oh. located far beyond... Man, isn't that amazing? That soothing, <laughs> soothing voice. Um, okay, you've got... Um, a video that, that maybe we'll, we'll load on there. Um, the question mark takes them to a Google form, right? That's kind of like their exit assessment um, or their little formative quiz there as well. So they can play this uh, little YouTube video, right? And so the idea that it's all kind of embedded in the same figure, um, you know, you could have maybe teach anatomy, right? Have some sort of picture and then learn about some of these different body parts or if you think about a map of the world or a certain country, and then giving details in different ways on these different countries. Or instead of having your students do like, okay, you're going to do a presentation or you're going to make something, you know, we kind of settle into like Google Slides are pretty awesome, but it's just kind of that easy like, hey, go make a couple Google Slides about your country or about this or about that. Just be a more creative way for them to, to be able to kind of pull some of that material together. Um, so that one is called Bing Link. 
All right, so I think that takes us through our kind of more content, right? Getting that content um, out there for them. Um, all right, do we have time for a fun intermission break? I think we do. Okay. We are going to play, and I, I apologize for those couple of you that were here yesterday, but we're going to do a different one. Um, we are going to play a Blook It. How many of you have done Blook It's? Okay, just a few. Um, anyone familiar with Gim Kit? Okay, it's kind of like a Gim Kit, but it's a Blook It. Okay, um, so here we go. If you can get over on the bottom there while I talk, to you can either click the link. Uh, you, this works pretty well on a phone as well. Um, Blookit.com slash play. You'll get a join code here in a second. Um, but basically, this is another one where, again, you can design your own questions. Um, kind of think maybe to start like a Quizlet or Quizzes, Quizlet, uh, Kahoot, that kind of thing. Um, this one's a little bit more random. There's a little bit of, I don't even know if I would really call it strategy. <laughs> um, I don't know, what would you call it people who've done it before? It's just kind of like randomness sometimes on like, you get the questions right, but then you like steal points from each other, and sometimes you click a, a thing and you lose half your points. But the kids get really into it, and then... They want to answer more questions because then they get more opportunities to, to do things and steal points and share points. Um, so, for the free version, 60 of you can play it at a time, so we'll see what we got here. Um, if you're a Quizlet person, you can import your Quizlets right into this program and it will turn it into this game instead, which is kind of nice. Um, again, there's a lot of ones that are already on there, so instead of... Um, creating a set all the time. You can discover and see what else, other people and share them. Um, I didn't take the time to, to create one for you all, except I just clicked that button. So that was uh, not good. Um, so we're going to discover. We are going to uh, do a quick one on who's that Disney character. Okay? Who's that Disney character? So, this one only has 20 questions. I'm going to give you two minutes. I'm going to give you two minutes. Um, so all I'm going to do is click host. So you're going to blookit.com slash play, which I think will show again here. Um, has anyone tried crypto hack before? I was going to try that one, but no? Like, you haven't tried it or I shouldn't do it? I haven't tried it. Okay, well, we'll try it. Uh, we did Candy Quest yesterday in a different session, so we got to try something new. So we'll see what in the world. You can do it by some different things. I'm going to give you a two-minute time limit. I know, sorry, there's things to do here. Um, I'm going to let you actually name yourself, just be responsible, and um, I'm just going to click post now. In a second, a code will pop up uh, in that purple bar. So, lookit.com slash play, So sure about we'll see what happens but okay I mean there's a lot online because this is where this bag comes in okay so the winner it even will have a sticker inside it okay so I'm gonna start I don't have they'll give you a few little directions on there um, when you answer a question you might see like a green screen or a red screen if you got it wrong you have to touch it again to get like the next question at least we did yesterday all right, let's see what we get. Choose a password. 
I don't know what half of this means, so we're all lost together. This is why you never do things on the fly in a presentation. <laughs> okay, gather crypto. Good luck. All right, so get to your questions. It's still loading. All right, this one's running a little different than yesterday's did. I don't like this one as much. I guess just click your password and then hopefully it'll start giving you some questions. I know some of our uh, Spanish teachers have been using it with, you know, they'll have like just a hundred or more vocab words and play for like five minutes and the kids are just running over and over again through these vocab words and they took them in from Quizlet and things like that. So, um, again, there is kind of that randomness component, which 
I guess is what it is, but just another kind of fun tool. Cahoots are fun, quizzes are fun, but sometimes it's like we've done a million of them and just looking for, for some different options on there. Um, so there is also like a solo method as well, so that, um, that students can just kind of run through those, those things themselves. All right, so that was Blicket. So fun time is over. Um, back to our presentation. So a little bit more on um, thinking more from sharing content to what we would call formative assessments. Um, if you're interested, this is just a couple different tech tool formative assessments, but I did link yesterday's presentation, and it's on the, the CEA handout website. Um, goes through, I think, 10 or so um, different form of assessments that you might find um, useful. So number one, whiteboard chat, uh, whiteboard.chat. Um, this is one that I'm still kind of learning and playing around with. Do we have any whiteboard chat users out there? Okay. Um, I think we'll, we'll kind of try to test this out a minute as well. This one is one where I feel like there's a, a million different directions you can take it. Um, ultimately what happens is you create a whiteboard. You can just flat out give them just a, a plain whiteboard and, and give them instructions to show. And you can like pop into their different screens, their different boards, and see what they're drawing or writing or typing. Um, you can set up your own template, which I'll, if we start heading over to whiteboard.chat, I'll show you how to get to that code in a second. Um, you can kind of pre-put things into that, um, into that whiteboard and then they can answer it or start to label it or you know, I put a piece of graph paper in there, we'll see if it shows up and they can graph on it. And, and there's also some different like tools and widgets and things that come up. Um, so again, just kind of thinking through a lot of different ways that if you ask the students to do something and you actually want to see are they doing it, are they answering it in real time, you can do it this way. Now there's a lot of other tools, right? I mean, Google, obviously we can jump into their things. Maybe the difference is with um, like a Google Doc, you have to like actually jump into that document, right? Open it up, close it, jump into the next one, open it up. And this one's gonna give us a thumbnail, just kind of showing a screenshot of each kid and then we can kind of dig deeper into each one, okay? So we try it? All right, so let's try it. So again, the free version, it talks about 10 boards. Um, you have a seven day board life. Um, which means after seven days that board kind of expires, but it says you can refresh it, reactivate it on there. Um, when I was, was hunting around on this a little bit more, they were um, encouraging you to buy it. They said they couldn't host it for free anymore, but then they're kind of like, but we still will. So if you get that message like begging you for money, you can just close the message. It, I did feel like a little bit guilty yesterday, um, but not enough to delete it from the, the slideshow. So, um, all right, so if you go over onto whiteboard.chat, and then I think it says like start, was there a button that said like start drawing or? Okay, if you click on that, it'll ask you for a join code at the bottom, and you can type in that right at the top, 110B7476. 67. Sorry, 67, yes, good point. Um, help each other out, but if you get to whiteboard.chat, there's a little box up there that says start drawing. You click on it, they'll ask you to enter the class code, I think is what it called it, right? 110V7467. I think if you click my link on the, the thing, it might take you automatically into it. Is that true? Okay, so if you click my link, you don't have to worry about the code. If you just go to whiteboard.chat, then you have to do the join code, okay? And if you're totally lost, let's just look at it together for a second. So we gotta keep things moving. Um, so, I jumped over to the whiteboard, and um, so you can see I have a couple different pages up here. I, I took in a very poorly drawn picture of a flower on page one. Um, on page two, I just threw kind of a worksheet that had fill in the blanks on it. Um, <coughs> loads, maybe. Uh, loading very slowly here. 
Uh, page three, there we go. Page three, I try to put a piece of graph paper. Um, and so the idea is, as I see now that we have 45 people or so that have joined us, um, I can go to this grid view. And I can start to see, again, I'm not sure how quickly things are going to load with all of us in here. Um, God, I'll give it my grid view. I can start to see the different people. Now, I have this turned on so like anyone can come in. You can also force logins through Google and things like that, so like the actual names. I'm not sure why mine keeps resetting to, uh, doesn't want to stay on my grid mode right now. You can see up to 30 grids at a time, like in this view, and then scroll through them. Um, but you can start to see, like, I mean, I'm not sure who, that person really likes blue scribbles, right? Um, you can start to see that some people are, are putting in some, oh, this person drew their own flower. And yes, I can click on them and kind of join them. There is a collaborative way to do these as well, where, you, where students can actually join together and work on things. Um, but again, if you're just doing, I think on one of them, maybe page four, um, I talked about like drawing a sodium atom or sodium ion and a chloride ion and show how they're going to come together, right? So I can see it for, you know, some quick kind of assessments on, hey, do you guys understand what we're talking about? Some quick little activities where I can easily jump into, into their views um, and go from there. All right, Reba, you are a very good flower drawer. I can stamp that. I can do that. Okay. You should have just taken the credit, but thank you for being honest. Um, uh, let's see here. So it's giving me a little funkiness, but here is, uh, right, jumping on to see, oh, and then the, a hockey stick. Because nothing says flowers like hockey sticks, right? Um, and then notice, like, I can go down there and I can join her in. I wasn't 100% sure if I do showcase what happened, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click it. Did it showcase anything to you guys? I was trying to test this. So now it's on yours? Okay. So, anyways, I think we're going to leave the uh, whiteboard chat as this is, I think it's a really powerful tool. I think it can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, but I also think it's just kind of one of those ones where you got to kind of play around with it a little bit and figure out. Um, they do have a nice, that video there um, is a nice little summary that it shows you a much cleaner version of uh, a whiteboard chat than what I just ran with you guys. Um, they have lots of resources on their, their page as well about how you could use it, and they have these little widgets and other things that you can draw in, and uh, they even have a little random name spinner that you can use and things like that. So um, just kind of a fun tool that could be used in a lot of different ways. I think it's going to try to play my video here. So, Okay, moving on. Hopefully. Uh, Flipgrid. Uh, I hesitated putting it in because so many of us know about Flipgrid these days, but I wanted to mostly point out one thing. And that is the, um, maybe a year ago or so, that they now allow students to record their screen as well as just themselves. Um, and so you think about some of the implications of that. One, you have that student who, um, they, they don't necessarily like to be up live in front of class either, but even just that act of being on the screen and recording themselves, right, kind of makes them cringe. Um, it just feels awkward. We probably have all had it where you like hear yourself or watch yourself and you're like, Oh my, that's, that's really me, right? Um, so this gives maybe another option to alleviate some of those fears where, yeah, we'll still maybe hear that person, but it, it will capture whatever's on their screen and they can um, then explain, walk through on that. And it actually combines nicely with a couple other tools we'll see here in a minute. Um, 
Also, just a couple of things to think about Flipgrid, right? It's all about giving students voice, right? Hearing what they're talking about, listening to them, see if they can explain things. Um, I try to keep mine really, really short. Um, one of the hardest activities that some of my AP Bio students have come back on is this poster right here. Um, as we went through photosynthesis and respiration, they had to add some pretty fine details bit by bit over the course of that unit. And then at the end, I gave them 30 seconds to capture photosynthesis and 30 seconds for cellular respiration. And it was that, that time limit was the really hard part for them to go through because they would get to 30 seconds and they'd still have a quarter of it to go. And so they had to record it a second time and a third time and a fourth time, right? Um, but there was only a 30 second video. So it wasn't like I felt really bad, like you had to redo all your work. They just had to get better at deciding what were the key points, right? What did they really have to focus on to make it through that? Um, and so that was fun to watch. Um, especially since it all sounds like they're in like hyper mode because they're just talking so quickly. Um, but great for visuals like that, right? Or just hearing the students talk and things like that. Um, but think about how some of these other tools might work in conjunction with Flipgrid if we have the students manipulate some things um, for example, we'll talk about Jamboard in a minute, and then using something like Flipgrid to actually record their process of going through that. Um, Jamboarders out there? Jamboard has been kind of growing in popularity. Um, so it is a Google product, so it's part of your Google Docs, your Google Slides, right? Google Sheets, Google Forms, Google everything. Um, so Jamboard, I think it's just jamboard.google.com, or click the, the red link up at the top. Um, we'll show you a Jamboard here. You can see some snapshots of some of my Jamboards that I have there. Um, again, kind of like whiteboard to some extent, that you can, you can share it the same way you share your other docs, by the way. So if you're a Google Classroom user, or using Google Assignments in Canvas, or these other ones, like it can push a copy for each student that you can then pop in and, and see how they're doing it. Um, but it's a cool way to, to kind of give them a platform or a whiteboard or a way to either they can create something from scratch with it, or if they... If you would use, here's my uh, teaching about gene regulation and operons. I gave them the pieces of this, and I want them to take those pieces and show me how does this actually regulate in a bacteria, how does this regulate DNA transcription and translation, right? So they have the pieces, and so they each would get their own copy, and they would start to talk about, okay, well, you got to have this promoter, and, right, and start to drag the pieces in play. Now... Again, it's kind of nice to see that final picture, or at least just give them the, the ability to drag things around. But what if I actually want to see that process? Well, I could also use this with Flipgrid and say, okay, screen record yourself doing this. You have 30 seconds to drag the things in place and kind of talk about it, right? Show me this is the promoter and this has to come in so that then RNA polymerase, right, can block it. But when the operator is in this position, it can't get in there. Um, and so a nice little manipulative. Just like any other Google Doc, while you can give each one their own copy, right, all the sharing features are the same as any other Google Docs, so they could collaborate on the same one. Um, you can give them viewing rights, you can give them editing rights. Um, I did, if you click on the link on our PowerPoint, I did give you access to this one. If you just click on the, on the picture on the next slide, um, it'll come over to this, this Jamboard. And you're welcome to add a sticky note, but again, just kind of thinking about how you could use a Jamboard. Uh, sometimes it's good for brainstorming, right, with like the sticky note idea. It's uh, Control-Shift-P, or if you have a Mac, Command-Shift-P. It should uh, just kind of pull up, or you can actually use the, this is the sticky note one right here as well. Right, basically it just pulls up that, you type what you want, choose the color, click save, and it pops right on, on the board there. Um, so it could be for brainstorming. You uh, can have as many pages as you want. 
we'll see who the first person to actually get something on there. Um, I just duplicated it for my second one because I thought, well, if 60 people try to put a sticky note on there, it might need more room. Um, right? You can have different backgrounds. You can put your own image as a background. Right? So it's not like you have to make some sort of interactive thing with it as well. Um, or you could just say, here, here's a, uh, here's a blank thing. Right? I want you to answer this question or do it on it. Right? Kind of like a whiteboard dot chat thing, um, but a different, different idea. So Google has a lot of products like this, right? I mean, Google Drawings is another really powerful tool. So you're kind of even thinking about, um, you know, what's the difference between a Google Drawing uh, versus a Jamboard as well. We can see that uh, now we've got things popping in there. So there's your Jamboard. All right, a couple last things here. And I'll wrap up. All right, finally, teacher workflow. Right, you guys are overworked, right? You're busy. Uh, it's hard to keep track of everything. Um, so hopefully just here's just a couple quick tips on, on um, keeping your life good. Uh, if you screen record anything, um, I do some tech help around here. It's kind of one of my roles to help our teachers and, and uh, work through things. And so I get a lot of questions via email. I'm like, I don't, can you explain this again? Or I don't know how to do this. And if we can't really meet up, uh, the easiest way to, to reply is just to create, do a quick little screen recording. Hey, all you have to do is go here, click here, drag this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's a lot of different programs out there. Um, Loom, I think, in my opinion, is the best one these days. Um, it is free for educator accounts. If you're the first educator at your school, you might have to um, request using your at, for example, GRCS domain. And once it's been approved, then any other teacher in your domain that signs up gets the full free access. Um, but super simple to use. I just have the little loom icon in my extension bar at the top of my, this is for Chrome, my Chrome window, so I just click it, click record, do whatever. Um, they recently added these little backgrounds, including like the blur out one, right, kind of the green screen idea, so if you want to take your background away. Um, it saves it to the cloud, so it doesn't save it to your Google Drive, it saves it to its own cloud, um, but it just gives you a link, so you record your video, you click uh, get link, and then I just pop that right in an email. Um, it even will have a little animated uh, thumbnail in that email um, with the video right there. Um, and then you just send it on your way. So you think also about maybe recording stuff for students, right? You, you explain all the steps and then you tell them to go do something. They're like, so what am I doing? Right? And you're like, come on. Well, maybe you have, the, you, you have a video for them to watch, right? A quick little demonstration. Um, and so really simple and easy to use. Screencastify is another good option. I know some people like that, so I link that as well. There's other ones as well. Um, but boom, some great stuff there. As far as slides, if you use Google Slides, if you lose, use PowerPoints, um, sometimes you get kind of bored with the same slide deck over and again, the same template. Um, if you go to any one of these, Slide Carnival, Slides Go, Slide Mania, um, they'll give you literally hundreds of different templates. And not just like, here's like a couple slides in it. So when I downloaded this template um, from Slide Carnival, it had like 42 different layouts within this template, right? So it's very extensive. They show you options on how to use them. So basically, you just go to like Slide Carnival, find the one that looks pretty to you, and then say either PowerPoint or Google. It basically just opens up a copy of the Google Slides, and then you put your own content in there, right? And save it. Um, so it's just nice to get some, uh, some change of pace there to enhance your presentations a bit. Um, if you're a Chrome browser user, maybe, uh, maybe you can relate to having like a million tabs open. 
Um, fairly recently, and I don't know if any of you are aware, so I'm starting to get quite a, quite a grouping up there for this session here. Um, here is kind of my, my normal workflow page. Uh, here, we'll click here so you don't read all my emails. Um, so you can see I have a couple tabs open, but then I have these colorful things up there, right? It's just groups. So here on my school tab, those are all the things that I, like, I need like, for school, which is why I call it school tab. Um, right? It's our grade book, our focus app, my Google Drive, right? my agenda slides, etc. So all you have to do is if I wanted the CA one in there, I just did a two-finger click. Add to group, and I could put it into any one of those, one of those or just create a new group. All right? So we'll say, okay, we'll put that one in the school group, and now if I just collapse my school group, all right, it's there. So do you want to learn a lot more about Canvas? There you go. Um, so really nice way to have just a, um, a way to kind of collapse, keep things a little bit more manageable. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't solve the deep line issues because you still have the issue of you have way too many tabs open, right? <laughs> but it makes you feel better. So um, that's really all that counts. So you got groups. Um, another, <laughs> another one would be to use a pen. If you two-finger click, probably should have just done that while I was over here. Um, oftentimes I will pin my tabs. For example, like my email, I always have my email open. So if I just two-finger click and pin it, it just makes it smaller, and it just kind of locks it over on that left-hand side. And so if, you're, uh, if you have those tabs where, like, you just, this thing's always going to be open. Like, this is your, your life, your grade book, your school email, etc. Um, you could just pin it. It takes up a little less space. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe makes you feel a little bit more organized. And then, of course, there are bookmarks. Sometimes we forget about those. You can see mine along the line. Um, sometimes you have way too many bookmarks as well. Sometimes you don't have bookmarks, right? Um, there's still those people where it's like every time, every day that they pull up the, the grade book, they have to like hunt through somewhere else to find it, right? And you're like, hey, just, just put a little bookmark right there, right? You've done it like 742 times in a row. Um, so don't forget about bookmarks. Finally, we're quickly running out of time here, but uh, here are a couple bonuses. Um, Toby the tab organizer, which I just really like to say that. Toby the tab organizer. Um, it's another way to take, this was my, uh, what my bar looked like last year. So if you take something like that, uh, it's a Chrome extension, but you can actually save, it'll save your whole sessions. So if I want to take like the CEA session that I have on here, I could click, I have it as kind of my, um, it runs as my default, so you actually see it open up here. And those are all my other collections. You can see these are all the things I've opened on this screen right here. If I just click Save Session, it'll put them all in a session that I can name whatever I want. And then it closes them. But if I want all these tabs back open, right, I just go to the session and basically it would reopen them all up again. So that's probably a better fix than what we're doing with some of the other ones. The other ones are kind of like hiding our crap, right? This one... Um, <laughs> This one, you're actually closing the stuff, and if you really, really need that stuff that we all think we need, you can at least get it back open again. So that's Toby. Google Keep, if you're in the Google world, very cool tool that's built into all your stuff. Um, can't remember if it's keep.google.com or google.keep.com, but try one or the other, and it'll take you to there. It's also linked with your Gmail. If you look at your Gmail, for those of you that have it, it's over on the right-hand side, right? Integrates really nicely. Helps to organize a lot of things. Um, PDF candy. 
if you ever are looking to convert PDFs to different things and back and forth, or you have these two PDFs, you want to combine them, there's a lot of really sweet options on there all for free. Just go to pdfcandy.com and uh, it might help you out as well. And Classroom Screens, just a really fun one to play around with. Has all these like tools that I really have no idea how I'd ever use them, but they're, they're fun and they're colorful. Um, there's timers, there's random name organizers and things like that if you want to call on a kid, right, and you don't want to like pick out individual kids. You can like click on a little random name, all these little widgets and apps and things like that. Kind of a fun thing to do. Okay? Um, once again, if you've got more formative ideas, you can head over there. Otherwise, thank you for joining. If you need your thing signed, it'll be over there. <laughs>